Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. This episode is brought to you by IP Vanish. Get 65% off your VPN when going to watchsealtv.com slash VPN. Now, if you're a paranoid person like myself, you might want to consider hiding your location online. Whether you're ordering some beans online or you're looking to watch a show that isn't really available in your area. Not that you would do that or anything because nobody, nobody does stuff like that, of course, right? Using a VPN when browsing online can be a huge benefit regardless of how great you think your security is. Big shout out to IPVanish VPN for hooking this up. I use it myself and so does the team. And I tell you what, there's nothing like it when it comes to security online. And now thanks to the homies over at IPVanish, you can save 65% on your VPN for the year by going to watchsealtv.com slash VPN. And a huge shout out to AC Infinity, one of the best if not the best in air circulation in your garden from smart controllers to tents to inline fans they have everything you need to ensure quality performance of your garden consider checking out acinfinity.com and using promo code the stash 15 to help save a few dollars off at checkout thank ac infinity for helping bring us today's podcast what's, what's going up on, guys good to see you how's it going Man, it is going and it's going well. What's your boys? I'm doing, doing great. Yeah, Free, freezing cold, but beautiful. Freezing, <laughs> freezing cold. What, what, where are you from? Wait a second. Beast Coast. We got over Beast here. Beast Coast. Uh, Let's introduce. Thank yes. you. Yes, man. Beast Coast joining us for a special guest today. Thank you for joining us. Hell yes. Yeah. Thank, thanks for having me. And if you, you guys haven't seen, man, one of my favorite because I'm I'm really big into the the beauty of a scrog i really love it now that i'm dialing in my cultivars the ones i really want to grow instead of doing so much pheno hunting i'm definitely going to be more into getting my scrog going so that episode really kind of highlighted the things i need to jump on more so if you haven't checked that one out after this go check it over on uh, garden talk mr grow it it's a great epi mm -hmm. yeah totally and and sorry you were just about to say where you're from where are you from new york new york and it's cold right now in new york it's just <laughs> ice sheets everywhere I see. I, I New York can compare. I've seen Home Alone. They get snow. So yeah. uh clearly it's I've not even we Chicago. haven't even really got any snow yet. It's just ice sheets. Ice sheets. Ice sheets. Yeah. What what would be cold? What's the temperature in freedom units? Uh it, it hits the negatives on the regular. Oh, okay, okay. It's okay. gonna it's gonna be in the negatives this whole week. So yeah, it gets it gets it cold, gets chilly. Cold. The lower you get, like more towards uh the city areas, it's a little bit warmer. They're near the ocean further up you get towards the mountains it just gets worse and worse. not so cold oh not so warm hmm yeah. okay so you understand i'm in canada so when people say cold i say i'm like come on <laughs> come on i thought i saw snow until I, until I was up by canada one time i have never seen snow like that the the the, the snow on the ends of my driveways from blowing it is higher than my car it's four <laughs> plus feet high, easily four plus feet high uh when it, yeah that i gotta walk through just to get from the door to the car mm. it's yeah it's something else but it just it makes you primitive turns you into a man that's sure. real yeah. right right well thanks for joining us here today man very excited i love your content man um i i seen a wicked picture of you on high times mag it, it if i'm not mistaken nope that uh, was the co-host that was frosty that was frosty that was and that frosty. did you have any part of that scrog in that picture 
I, I think I'd have to reseed a picture yet oh, that you're talking okay, about. Okay, okay, okay. Like, probably, was, but let's look. He, he said, <laughs> right, right, right? It's like six feet long. Like it's one plant. It looks like it's supported by like two two tree trunks, and this thing is just oh my god, it is beautiful. See, well, I wish people, I could take credit for that one, but I can't. Well, people <laughs> don't understand how what you can do with a single plant, man. You can go oh. full Daniel San and bonsai that shit damn near, or you can do like what you see a lot of people in, in stretching it out. Before we go any further, holy shit, big sexy buzz and hydromedics. Guys, doing over here distracting me. Damn, we're trying to have a show me. over here, guys. Yeah, we're trying subs. to have a show and all these subs. Before, yeah, before we go too much further, gotta give a big shout out to everybody who's here chilling with us, man. Smoke. We're a little bit later than normal, but I was smoking. I actually got house got the the Rona. I thank God. Knock Oof. on wood. I don't. Cheers. But it's only a matter of time, I think. Cheers. No, right? No. Positive. I'm, set. I'm not getting it. Uh, My whole household got it. I was the only person who didn't. Positive. Oh, really? Well, oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> positive. If if I, I personally think like they told us at the very beginning that everybody was gonna get it. So I'm just it's a matter of time, right? It's just like I'm like, mm, I'm gonna get it. It's just a matter yeah, of it's man. coming eventually. Just you're manifesting it, just like Chris did. Be. You're Chris, Chris had COVID <laughs> a week before he had COVID. Like yeah, that's he, he <laughs> manifested <laughs> it. Oh my god, it was terrible. I was like sicker, really sick in October with with something, and then all of a sudden, like it wasn't COVID, and then I got sick with COVID. And it wasn't as bad as what I had before. So wow, I don't know. Fuck that. What that is. one. Fuck that. But what we do want to talk about today. Play trading is scroggy, but let's get a little deeper because now you got a couple mm. more people to, to bounce these conversations off of it. I feel like Chris gets real deep into it, and then I bring a little bit of my bro science and, and <laughs> robness into it. P adds his into it, and P had an amazing scrog going with the uh, the last run, man. He was really killing it. So I think to, to educate people on what you could do, especially in areas where you're limited on your plant count and to try to get the most per plant, that's a big thing. You see four plant you know, counts, which blows my mind that that's even a thing. How are you going to get a good result? probably going to be the only way is training your plant and i think honestly scrogging is going to be the way to get the most out of it so it's what's the only way in my opinion to I, really, I to really max it out like that to me that's the only way you're, you're never going to hit comparable numbers not scrogging it out you're gonna you're gonna run into some issues you're gonna run into some limitations you got to leave room for them to flop over a little bit uh less access with the bamboo stakes like it's, it's just so many factors you could just eliminate by just scrogging it out wall to wall oh yeah what when did you start changing from just growing plants to to doing more training with the plants because a lot of people will just pop them and top them that's kind of like the starting route for a lot of people that's, I feel like the only thing they'll do, either they'll let them grow all the way or they'll just top the plant. That's the common training that most people do. When did you mm -hmm. get into actually uh, doing the scrog technique? I actually went scrog straight out the gate because <laughs> some of the first people that I watched were like Medicropper or some of the other people. And they were scrogging by the time that I found them, uh, Medgro or a couple other people. So when I seen that, I'm like, that's the way to go right there. So as soon as I jumped in, my first thought was lay the net and maximize this space. I don't like growing the floor. Hell Smart. yeah. Smart. See, you're a prime example of the people I say who watch the videos, listen, pay attention, implement it, and skip all the trial and error and get to these amazing harvests. Furious into it. You're like, man, you must have been growing for decades. You're like, that <laughs> <laughs> decades of weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's off the backs of others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the it, beauty of it, man, is you can implement this stuff and, and skip past the trial and error and get those good results quickly. Totally. And what a mindset to go with it right out of the gate, too. Good for you because growing cannabis can be intimidating, especially when you're watching guys like Medicropper or, or uh, uh, Med Grower. 
uh, these, the, these guys are doing some incredible work, you know, and to, to think, you know what, I can do this. I can hit the ground running and actually hit the ground running is very impressive because I, I wouldn't say it's, 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 it's riding the backs of others. It's, it's doing your own diligence, doing your own homework, because you can sit and ask a million questions or you can just figure it out and get it done. You know, and that sounds like that's exactly what you did. So that's there's very nothing, impressive. There's nothing like true lessons that you go through with making those mistakes and recovering from them. Like I dove straight into the deep end, DWC, and I'm scrogging. That was my very Ooh, first scrog. DWC, and I'm scrogging. Yeah, just right off into the deep end, and, and of course it did not work. But <laughs> but it was a good lesson to be learned. Made for a great story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You went DWC right off. Yeah. yeah. Dive straight into the deep end. Didn't know what I was doing. Winded up with root rot. All sorts of issues. <laughs> but but I only they, laugh because it's like we understand, like we get it because you dove into the deep end. You test the water with both feet. You're going to get wet. Right. Definitely. Then oh, yeah, I realized, yeah. OK, let me let me start at the beginning and then work my way up to this. So maybe I should try some pots with some medium, something to give me a little bit of buffer because summertime came. That's what happened. Right. <sighs> Wintertime was fine. Yeah, yeah. Wintertime yes. was fine. Summertime came and I was like, oh, this is why I'm not supposed to be doing this like this. Yeah. <laughs> it started to make yeah. sense. Yes. No, that's so a when, tough one too, is, is when you don't know until after that you've already been growing this technique, this style, and also it's like, shit, this isn't a, this is a seasonal grow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so getting deeper into like the scrub technique, I know we went super deep in the, in the video, the podcast episode we did together. Um, but you know, you can do scrog in, in anywhere, right? You can do it a two by two, you can do it in a two by four, you can do it a three by three, four by four, five by five, which are common grow tent sizes. You're on a little bit bigger of a scale than that, right? So you're doing uh, remind me of your the dimensions that you're doing again, right? Is it like four feet by like 15 feet or something like that? Or what was it? That's what it's rated for. So the trays are four by fours, but yeah, by 16 feet. But I try to usually get the canopy to cover around five and a half feet and, and width. The trays are four feet, but of course they're going to expand out past that. So, Okay, but you have one net basically going all the way down an entire row, right? 16 feet, you said? Yes. So it's yeah, just I one just continuous roll the whole net, net going all the way. See okay, cool. And then what type of net did you say you're using? Nylon, but eventually I do want to switch over to the hemp nets that I just seen. Because after a while, we got to start taking some accountability for the amount of stuff that we're putting back into the earth afterwards. Like, uh, I, I remember dumping pots out that had little pieces of trellis. I go dig back in the yard years later, that trellis is still there. Mm -hmm. So uh, things like that made me start to think a little bit that I may want to move on to something more sustainable. So I may wind up moving over to the um to the. Some awesome. technical dude. See Some what it was is he was trying to give a shit about Earth and the CIA and Earth, Mother came Nature and took him. Yep, they yep, took you're him. Right. Alex That's Jones what was it right. was. They was right. Right. The frogs, the government. <laughs> See, uh, you start so putting on that conspiracy about, about trying to save the planet, bro. You know, the oil companies. What was that? Shell, that, that Shell, <laughs> they come for Shell you. came today. BC was like, for he's you, gone. Bro. He's I was, gone. I was in here alone for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so you were just saying that you're putting a lot back into the earth. And so you got to you know, be sustainable. And the next step is towards these hemp. The, the yeah, the hemp, hemp trellis. Because I can still get the three and a half inch squares. So that, that's the main issue. I want the three and a half inch squares. The five inch squares are more, are, are more for just uh, holding the plant up. Yeah, right. well, I've got these elastic ones I've been using this last run, and I really, really like it, man. They're, it's like a, almost like, I don't even know how to describe it, like a, a bungee girl's cord? hair band. Like elastic? Kind of like a bungee cord. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah. it, the, the texture's enough where the trichomes don't get 
like all over it like it'd be a cloth material but man trey hook me up with a few of them dude they are fucking awesome and the fact oh, that man. it's the same like style it's just that i can reuse it it's got clips on the sides i can hook it onto my tent really easily but it's a lot a lot more sustainable in, in terms of i don't want to throw this out and have you know a, let me a deer my uncle crash into a deer fuck deer but a nice animal getting its head stuck in one of those or its body and it doesn't break down in the earth like i a turtle yeah if we had turtles here in michigan well we do we got turtles in michigan what? not big you're ones. telling me you're denying turtle necklaces let me get in you're gonna <laughs> tell me that you you cut the plastic things that take the cans off so they don't have like, a necklace you taking away the turtle necklaces come on oh, yeah come right, on. fish love right. necklaces bro that they, they ball in with those things anyways no totally. well, one it, thing one thing i do want to say though no matter how big of a growth setup that you have i will always say that most people in the tent benefit more from scrogging than people in larger scale situations because the reflectivity of the tent is so much better than being in a room where a lot of that light winds up getting wasted out. Everything's bounced back in the tent. So, and, and most times, once you start flower, you can't get in and out of that tent no matter what. So since mm -hmm. you're not gonna be getting in and out of it anyway, since most people are hand watering, I think that it benefits people in tents no matter what size more than it benefits people in larger scale rooms. Yeah, well, especially to fill that tent to max capacity. And, and I see more people just put more plants in when you're dealing with an open space versus in a tent. And especially if you're limited on your plant count, that's where you're going to want to bend it down as much as you can. I do feel like some plants are more scrog technique plants than others. Some just work that way. Like a uh, prime example is this headbanger just doesn't, like she stretches, but she's not full. You know what I'm saying? So it does mm -hmm. help with the light penetration, but I don't notice my yields a lot different. I do notice that I, all my buds are a lot more even. Like every bit of the bud, I don't have little smaller buds. They're all nice, solid buds. But then I deal with like uh, the Scooby-Doo that I have. She's a scrogger. Like I could just tell she's just canopy bound. And if I don't do that, there's a whole bottom area that's just not getting any light. The penetration isn't there. Now I am thinking about doubling up my trellis net. Do you do two layers or yes. do you do just a single? So two, yeah? Yes, most times. Again, cultivar, it, it depends on which one. Some strains will, as soon as you flip them in the flower, that first 21 days is crazy. So you wind up just having to put a second net. Some of them, it's not as crazy. So they could get away with just going under that first net and still winding up being supported if the branching is strong enough. What's the distance between the first net and the second net, roughly? Usually 10 to 12 inches. Okay. All right. So about a foot and... And what would said, be you stack them about a foot? I've seen some people stack three of them, even depending again. If you've got a lanky sativa, I just feel like again, harvest time comes that's gonna be hard. That's I hate even one man having to two, pull then two max, yeah, two. Yeah, that makes two, sense. Two max. How, how much distance are you giving? Because you, you said it in, in, in at the beginning there when you said uh, most people are hand watering. That was my biggest issue when I grew from the scrog was that <laughs> I was doing some scrog yoga in order to get my ass underneath the net. And the watering can to the farthest point of the tent tipped over. And then I was like, man, on the next run that I do, I need I need six feet so that I can just walk underneath my scrog. And <laughs> and water it. Yeah. Uh, but, but what what would be a recommended distance between the top of the pot and the bottom of your canopy? Hmm. Guess it. it I think it depends on plant count. If you're okay. if you're going with the sea of green method, it's going to be a shorter distance. 
because you, you're not ve- you're not vegging as long, so it's not going to have as much leg on it as a plant that's maybe in like a five or seven gallon pot that you wind up having to veg a little bit longer. The distance will be bigger from the bottom to the bottom of the net based on that. Since I'm more sea of green, it's not. It really depends on the strain, maybe a foot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And I, yeah, I can yeah, see I that I would not... do 12 to 18 inches, right? or yeah. upwards of 18 inches is what with, I've heard, And But he's so. right with plant count though. You're right with, yeah. if you have four oh, yeah. or five plants, yeah, you're going to have a little bit higher or not, you know, you're going to have two or three plants. You're going to have a little bit higher just based on the amount of time that you have to veg them out and to fill that net. It makes sense. Exactly. That it'd be a little bit higher. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will never then do a sea of green. I will refuse to put my body into that, that those positions again, the water. But this is so, where, this is where that watering system comes in handy. Bing. Don't think that you're going to lay these nets. And if you don't have a wand that you could reach to the back of the tent to be yeah. able to get them yeah. water. If you water in by like a can or something, you're done. It's going to get so annoying. You would much rather just go ahead and put the bamboo stakes or just find some other form of support for the plants because the the net will get in the way when it comes to hand water. And so I I learned that the hard way. <laughs> well, you see, you have to get a small child to crawl underneath there. Yeah, right. yeah. it's you. just hard on his arms, you know. It's yeah, hard it's on his arms. Good. Yeah, he's got school in the morning. My wife's seven me. gallon <laughs> watering cans. Come on, son, get under there. Get see, a, a big thing though is I feel like depending on what the goal is, single plant or or small plant or not. Some people even with the big plants, they start low stress training and super cropping when they're really young. So you've got damn near a pancake right out of the gate, and that plant now is just wide. So yes. instead of letting it get a little tall and then starting it, they'll go wide right away. And it does work, but then you are going to be breaking your back or you do need auto watering at that point or, or a wand in a sense. I do feel, though, you're going to get probably the best results in that way because you're, you're getting a full pancake out of your plant instead of letting you have like the, the naked legs, so to speak. I oftentimes leave mm-hmm. a lot of naked legs for my back, so I don't got to bend down as much. And it's not beneficial to the plant per se. I think it's going to be more beneficial to your back and to yourself as where if you have an auto watering system or an easier way to water immediately training that plant down that could be either like do you top your plants and low stress train and work them all like that so you get enough tops so that way you can work it or do you just immediately low stress train and weave and weave and weave um well when they come from the bedroom into the flower room that's when i will first lay the net after they adjust one issue you're going to run into with a bigger plant training it right away is the flip time so you're you're gonna do that you're gonna fill that net out but you may wind up overfilling that net out and will definitely need a second layer of netting afterwards. If you if you give it a little bit of time and then you flip it in the flower and let it fill the rest of the space out during that first three week stretch, you'll wind up in a better situation. But if you lay them flat off top and then flip them after you fill the net in, oh, you're done. They're going to stretch straight up and you're going to wind up needing another net. That first one will be almost non-existent. You may wind up needing two more in that case, depending on the strain. Let's take a hit. And give thanks to our sponsor, Thick Ass Glass. Use coupon code THESTASH in order to get 25% off any of their pieces. They sent me over the 12-inch straight tube. This thing is super heavy, very thick. You can see the thickness right here and there as well. They have everything from pipes, bubblers, straight tubes, beakers, incyclers, recyclers, and so much more. Visit their website at thickassglass.com. And don't forget to use promo code the stash to save 25% off any of their pieces. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And then if you're going to be somebody who does, let's say, the single plant in that space, you're not going to be able to go any. You're in a tent. You can't go any further. 
So you're going up. And then it I wouldn't say it defeats the purpose of that scrogging, but then you almost just have a trellis yes. for your plant. That's just a trellis. You're not necessarily doing the scrog technique because all of that area that should be flattened out that has all these nice buds that are almost growing like fat apples on the plant instead of these stems with buds around them, it, you're wasting the potential of what you could get. I've done that a few times. The one time that I did the best with my scrogging, I got over a pound off the single plant with a 600 watt HPS. Wasn't my favorite smoke, but it was one plant. And mm. the only issue that I really ran into in terms of the, the single plant versus the other plant is then in that harvest time when I was get, like pulling it out of there, I had to destroy my trellis. And this was a plastic trellis too at the time. So it's like when you have two of them, it does become a, a bit of a hassle for some people. It's, is it really worth, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I think if you're just trellising, it's not. You need to scrog. You're better off to just use bamboo stakes at that point. I think the low stress train techniques and super cropping and everything along with other stabilization could get you comparable results, but there's nothing like a real scrog technique that's going to be able to pancake out and get you those fat ass buds with one or two plants. And about the topping and low stress training, um, I do top, but kind of differently than everybody else does. I, I don't know what this topping method is called, so I'm just going to call it what it was always known to me, the Grandmaster level way of topping, where you just take the top two leaves off of the very tops of all the tallest branches and give the other ones time to catch up. So by the time I'm bringing them into the room, every plant got about 12 heads on it. So I, so I don't really have to wait. Yeah, I don't really have to wait for uh, them to get enough heads or to fill out a certain amount of space. They got multiple tops as soon as they go in. The only reason I give them that week to adjust is because one, I got to lay the net and two, they're stepping into much more powerful light. So sometimes they need a little bit of time to adjust from that veg to that flower room because everything starts changing once they hit that flower room. That's a good, that's a really good point. And I, and I'm curious um, when you, when you're training these plants, how long into flower are you continuing the train? If at all. Um, until week three. Just to be able to contain them because I like strains that stretch. If a strain doesn't stretch, it dies in my garden. I, I waste no time with it. I'll kill it from a seedling stage if I see it's not moving fast enough. Because right. either I'm going to have to monocrop it or it's just going to die next to anything else that I'm growing because they're all so aggressive when it comes to that first three weeks of stretch. So I'm not exactly a problem, but uh, I start weaving them right away and I go until the canopy is even and done stretching. Okay, that's a, that's a good question, and I, I I posted the question to the chat to, to help me sound a little smarter. I asked them for a few questions, and uh, Grow Ten Gaming asks, and for those of you on YouTube that don't know, we do record these epis live on Twitch to a live digital audience at Twitch.tv/slash From the Stash Podcast. So if you are watching this over on YouTube or listening on any of the audio platforms, consider checking out Twitch.tv/slash From the Stash Podcast, where you could come join and help influence the conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you to Groten. He asks, uh, what would be the best method to apply a scrog to plants of different sizes? Mm. Ooh, that's a good question. Don't. <laughs> yeah. You're just, gonna, you're just, you're just going to wind up with too many problems. Unless you got even numbers of plants that are relatively the same size, then you could put your trellis on an angle, and the ones that are a little bit taller will still be able to get some trellis, and the ones that are shorter will be able to have time to grow into it. But if your plants are all different sizes and all over the place, you're going to start breaking branches. You're not going to have anywhere to put some of those branches because they're going to wind up leaning over one of the shorter ones. And next thing you know, that shorter plant that's over there winds up, you, you forget about it till harvest. And you're like, oh, there was a plant back here. I just so you don't, this. 
Yeah. So you don't want to do that. I've done it plenty of times where it's like, oh, I forgot about this. And it's damn near dead underneath there. Like it, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. buds don't develop properly. It winds up having all sorts of issues. So I would bamboo stake in that situation where I got plants that are multiple different sizes or try to push the ones that are relatively the same size to one side of the tent and the ones that are shorter to the other side. So that way they at least have their own space. But if you try to trellis like that, they're going to have to lean over on top of those shorter ones and they're not going to get no love. So definitely. And, and you mentioned having it at an angle, right? So like the the net at an angle, you know, taller plants on one side, you can always uh, tilt your light down too, right? So the light can also go down. Um, yes. So that way you're still kind of having even canopy, but it's like diagonal, you know what I mean? Yep. So. Yeah. You, I, I put mine on milk crates is what so I do. So if I got a smaller one, boost I just them bring up, it. Yeah. yeah. That's from what I have top, to do. It looks the same from the bottom. Yep. Like, what the fuck is this shit? But from the top, it yeah. that canopy, you know what I'm saying? So then I'm in one it, gallon. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. You, since I'm in one gallon plastic pots, what I'll do is put another one gallon upside down underneath it and sit the other plant right on top of it. So when I'm taking videos and everything, it looks like, oh, my God, this canopy. So even all the plants are the same size. Little do you know about eight of these had to get some help. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about, man. That's, That's what, what it's it all is. about. I used to use cards left behind. <laughs> I used to use cardboard boxes to boost up, and then like I had a high humidity one time, and the cardboard box collapsed. Sank. So like oh. I don't really use that anymore for heavy plants. I'll use it for like lighter plants, but like heavy plants, no. <laughs> so then it's without a doubt. Then if you're going to be scrogging, it's something that you need to consider at the very beginning of your grow. You're not. This isn't something that you're going to think. Okay, I'm going to start scrogging now. And you're week five veg, you've got plants this height, plants this height, no training on this one. It's something that you're going to be thinking about before you get started. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm prepping for it. That's the reason that I do so much of that leaf pulling and veg. And that's the reason they come in with so many tops. Because when I put the net on, I want them to fill the net as soon as I get them in the room. I don't really want to have to wait too long to fill in any blank spaces. I want the space filled because I'm also going to pull some leaves as soon as they get in there to make sure that anything that is underneath a lot of those top leaves will stretch up in that first three weeks. So as soon as I lay the net, the net's pretty much already filled. Do you do any and then at uh, that point you're flip- veg? Like, huh? I know a lot of people who are doing like a, a smaller grow, they'll do all the, the work in, in the veg cycle. So they'll have a trellis, you know, the scrognet in veg, and then they flip to flower, but you can't move your veg to flower mm-hmm. in that sense. So you ever do that at all? No, I have to wait. Yeah. So what I, since, my grow, veg, have to. since my veg space is so small compared to the flower room, the one gallon pots are right on each other when they're in veg. Then when I bring them in the room, they get separated a little bit. And then once they get that separation, they feel they got a little bit more space. That's another reason I have to give them that week to recover because they they need a little bit of time to know, okay, I'm not leaned up against anybody anymore. I could grow on my own now. That makes sense. That makes sense. So when you add the net, you I think you mentioned this, um, is that you like to transition from veg and bring them into a flower and add the net at the point where it's basically the net is almost full, right? So like you're yeah. vegging your plants adding the net when you think it can be full and then are you vegging any longer you're doing that flip right away once once you realize the net's full once the net's full they flip okay and then um follow-up question on that would be it continues to stretch right for those three weeks are you continuing to kind of weave down where you can or you just letting it grow straight up for those three weeks yeah where i can i'm still gonna try to make this canopy as even as possible all right Yeah, I think that's a big thing, too, is when you're dealing with, uh, uh, multi- I like to grow multiple cultivars. 90% of the time is when I'm growing. 
And it's tough to be able to balance that perpetual grow when you're trying to do this training because you usually need to veg a little bit longer. If not veg longer, you need to veg a little harder or do a little bit extra work in there. So to keep your clones and the seedlings and everything going at the same time aren't as easy for a lot of people. So I see more growers just essentially just trellising their plants. They're not doing mm -hmm. the scrogging technique. You'll, you'll see there's, you know, nets there and the canopy looks even, but there's plants that are just sticking straight up out of there. They're not bent flat like that. If you mm -hmm. get to a certain point in, in flower, would you stop uh, bend? Like, would you try to bend them down still? So that way you can get a little bit mm -hmm. light there. You just let them go. And you're anytime after point. week three, they're done. But I try yeah. to make sure that they come in even, that they stretch even. So as soon as some branches will start to stretch above other ones, I'm going to find a place to put that one back down. Because if you're moving that aggressively, no matter where I'm about to put you, you're going to turn up and come back up the very next day. So I'm, I'm going to just keep moving it until I could get it as even as possible. Granted, it's never going to be fully even. There's always going to be some branches that are going to be a little taller. Nothing you could do about it. But you don't want anything to be way taller than everything else. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then I've even had situations where I've got stuff that's totally immature looking because my basically my trellis was so full and so packed in there. And I should have probably done a little more defoliation or just remove some of that bottom stuff underneath there. How far down do you normally uh, do defoliation or lollipopping or anything on the plants itself? Do you leave some of that bottom stuff and let it just grow and not be the nice buzz? Or do you make sure every bit of everything is just top can every, perfect? Yeah, everything underneath the first net's gone. Nice, nice. First, I see more people not first doing net's that. Like, gone. Larfy shit, and I'm just like, man, you should have just bent it down more or something. It's like, I just get rid of it. Like, that's not going to amount to shit. And like, or, use, hash. It's like, or <laughs> use less plants. Like, some people really try to max out like a four by four. Like, I've tried. 16 one gallons in the four by four i've tried nine i've tried 12 and i found that 12 is the most comfortable to flip still get good light penetration and not have to go crazy spending 20 hours defoliating that room so at 12 is perfect at 16 it's too much i wind up having to pull so much out that i could have just did this with 12 and yeah. not had to do yeah. as much work and it leaves you with more actually because if you got 16 you're gonna have to defoliate a lot you're going to have to come up a little bit higher on that lollipop. When you have 12, you could just pull some leaves out and that light penetration still gets through. So you, you also got to know what's the limit. Like, I, I get it. You can fit 16 in that 4x4, but do you want to fit 16 in that 4x4? And will it come with diminishing results? So that makes yeah, I think perfect I, fucking sense. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that, yeah, when you get to 16, you're losing light penetration and you're and you're and you're you have smaller you have smaller plants so with yes. 14 you know you're you're gaining light penetration with bigger plants so those those plants would be you know bigger fruits equal bigger no roots equal bigger fruits right so that's what wise man oprah said that once oprah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like that, that does make total that does make that makes total sense and i'm glad someone has actually tested it so that like a guy like me can be like eh, no i'm good at three uh, now I'm curious if uh, you have any preferred strains when it comes to or cultivars when it comes to scrogging. Is there something you're like, yep, works every time. Let's avoid it, or you know, any any advice or direction? Anything that I grow is gonna have to be able to take the trellis or dies. Mm. Yeah. It, okay. no, no matter no matter how much I like the strain, no matter it, I'm a caregiver, so this it's really up to the people. I can't just grow what I want to grow for me. Because if that was the case, I'd grow nothing but OG and cookies and call it a day. But <laughs> people want other stuff. But if that stuff does, like Mac 1, I'm, I don't care how much they want it. I'm, I'm not doing it. 
it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't grow good enough. It doesn't stretch good enough. It, it, it It's just too difficult. So sh- strains that don't stretch good, they do not last with you. I can, I can tell in veg by the way that you're growing that this is not about to happen. Right, right. Yeah, so well, it's more so sense. ones to avoid. Anything else, it comes down to the grower then. Yes? Just yes. Practice proper training techniques and like, you should actually, be able to get over the hill. I just thought about something. If you got a strain like Thin Mint Girl Scout cookie, you may want to do 16 of those in a in a four by four only because they don't stretch out. They go straight up. So you're either going to have to spend more time vegging them to get more tops on them, or you can just add four more to the four by four and fill it out the same way because you don't really have to worry about that one blocking too much light because they just go straight up with whatever branches are there when they get flipped. They, they're not going to branch out any. So it's kind of strain dependent, but for the most part, stick to yeah, that makes sense. That makes like, sense. I do three in my four by four, and it is totally cultivar specific, but I realize I can bend them down and fill out my canopy and get just as much, if not more, yield than when I put 12 in there. And it, I think that really boils down to the amount of attention that each individual plant gets and the fact that the canopy isn't overlapping. Like, I deal with that often with certain cultivars that are these bushy freaks in nature that don't stretch. They're just a lot of foliage foliage and I, I don't want to keep those ones around at all I, i'll grow it once or twice and i'm done with it because you'll have some nice top buds on there but there's just all this internal shit that is nothing it's not worth anything and even trying to to put that into a scrog you just don't get the same results because it's so matty and wonky you know I, that stretch is so crucial to be able to get that that work because if you're not able to weave through the trellis then you really aren't able to to bend and secure it in the the trellis itself to grow a scrog technique you're, again mm-hmm. you're just doing a trellis you're yes using it you're just support. using it to hold the plants up for support exactly yeah and people get confused in that often i've got a buddy who swears by he's scrogging scrogging i'm like you've got two trellis nets playboy your plants look great i'm not knocking you but you've got like 14 plants in your five by five so you're you're doing almost like a big sea of green like they're not little but they're just big ass plants and they're filling so it looks like a canopy from the top you look underneath you're like how many pots are in there? What the hell are you do? You know, but he's yep, auto watering. Straight up, yeah, it works good. And I think the big key too is the bud structure is a big thing too. Is if you've got stuff that's uh, staircasey, like buds that don't fill out real nice like that, and it's just little, little, little stretched apart. Like I'm dealing with that with this um, white like truffle. Most of the strains of of today. Yeah, super, super dank smoke. It's the pretty shit. It's what everybody called the zazas around here. I love it, but man, it's not the best grower. Like it literally has that staircasey effect where you could trellis it out and scrog it out, whatever you want to do. It's still, I feel like the yield is going to be what the yield is, you know? Yeah, it it's doesn't, just it doesn't change bud anything. quality, maybe better bud structure, you know? All the way to the bottom. That's the yes. only, that's the only thing that I noticed is that the, the quality stays the same from top to bottom. That that's it. But if you're looking for those buds that grow as big as your arm in, in today's market, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm stuck in the early two thousands with my genetics. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I love, I love being there, man. That's right where I'm at. The late two thousands. Boof. Ooh, I'm happy with that. Um, now late two thousands boof. And then you, like, <laughs> is that what you said? Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I said, but it definitely wasn't. That. Oh, <laughs> I thought I said boof. Uh, <laughs> it's the boof. I love it. Huh? Quit hate. Um, everyone's favorite time is uh harvest. I say that with a bit of sarcasm. Um, what, what do you, per, when I harvested my grape ape, I tried my damnedest to not cut the trellis because I want to reuse it because I hate wasting money. Um, do you just cut the trellis? Do you cut around? No, ain't got what, no choice. No. 
ain't got Beef no choice. There's so much. Yeah, I have to cut it. I've I've tried to just pull it off, and again with these staircasey strains, it, you're gonna pull something off. It, it was probably much easier back in the day to scrog when like Blue Dream and things like and like Gorilla Glues were popular because you can easily just pull those branches right out because they're gigantic mm. buds. But when you got like these cookie crosses and things like that, you you have to cut it out or you're gonna be pulling great quality buds off. You don't notice it till you're done, and then you look in the tray afterwards, and you're like, oh. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I just I just did that. Aggressive I want to keep too. this one. And like I'm pulling one out and the, it gets so sticky and stuck on it. And it's just barely hanging on. And you pull it away, then all of a sudden psh, just rips it. Like, oh, oh man. That was yeah. a nice bud. Yeah. It drops and in it the took, dirt. In your it takes a soils. lot more time to, to to I was trying to like cut the bud and try to like weave it out and then like open up this bud and pull it on. Oh, it was like it was a it was a headache. I did it. Once, but once I you hit a certain scale, it just it, it is impossible at that point to do I it without it. without pulling yeah. the trellis without cutting through it. I've the tried. I've done trust good me, is, I've tried. Well, I've taken the whole plant out of it, which I've already done a decent amount of default on it, so there wasn't a whole lot of fan leaves left by like that very very end. And I took that whole plant and hung it. And once it was dry, I was able to work it off of there a little more. I think that moisture makes it even harder. The moisture on it the does. buds itself. Once it was dry, I worked it more. And of course, you better have something underneath there to catch all the leaves that are breaking Ooh. off of there. But I didn't destroy buds, and I was able to, to get my trellis back. But the trellis was so sticky and nasty. Like, oh, I don't even know yeah. if I could fucking. I didn't want to use it again. I was paranoid. I was like, this motherfucker could have something on there. Yeah. Like, yeah, you get paranoid. You brought up a great point. I was going to mention that you could just basically cut the net around the plant. I mean, depending on the plant size, right? And, and sometimes is, I do that. Cut the whole net and then just hang it. And then just, just once it's hanged, then try to get rid of the net, right? Or harvesting individual branches is another thing, right? So if you have a plant that you can potentially just harvest individual branches, I look so at, long. <laughs> maybe like, it's a yeah. smaller, you it know, takes smaller so plant long. Oh uh, yeah, it. it's gonna. Oh, if you got God. like one does, plant, but, but like yeah, I've had the whole room, and I'm in there like, and I'm like, oh, oh wait, this room, is step yeah. one. So let's step one, cut these off of here. Step two, fan leaves. Step three, tight trim. Step four, like holy shit, this could have been a two step process, but. Yeah, times forty-eight plants with seventeen tops piece. Like <laughs> it's it. not realistic for, and for a large nets. scale like that. But, and but two a nets, two by two scale. or a four by four or a small space like that, it could be yeah, viable because yeah. you just got mm-hmm. a few plants. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But yeah, two nets, fucking thirty, forty plants. Like, oh, now the very top four. net is killing my high. The very top <laughs> net, I normally go with the five-inch squares because that one's mainly for support. I'm not exactly going to be weaving through that second layer of net that's there. Just okay. stretch, stretch through. Have have the time of your life. Three inch for the first. Yeah. Five inch for the second. For the oh. second. Mm. And so, that's so the, the very top one at that point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So on the top one, I can I could just pull it off and keep rolling it up as I get to each section, and that one comes off rather easily for the most part. And ice cream cake is the only strain I know that made that a little bit difficult. Because the Fino ice cream cake I got, it doesn't care about life. Like it, you got <laughs> if if you got a ceiling, it's trying to touch it. it doesn't care. Like no, no matter how tall your stars. ceiling is, like it, it wants to touch the ceiling. I hate it everybody's making all these difficult strains so popular. It's like right, right, right? because it looks one? so pretty. It looks and so this, pretty. This is, I think, why I, people are always like, "Rob's gonna talk about headbanger," and I am. This is, I think, why the guy stopped uh, breeding headbangers. It was such a finicky cultivar, and it didn't have the hype because it didn't have the bag appeal like a lot of these new Zazas will have. And with a lot of them, it's it's you have to have that look. You have to have the, to. the flavor, this and that. But people don't realize how the grow is on a lot of these, man. Some of them suck. You're getting like, Absolutely. I saw a, a pug's breath at a commercial grow, which all their plants were banging. And these ones were like, the buds were this big. 
tiny, but it was fire. So they're getting probably two ounces per plant, but it's so good. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's tough to find the balance. And then growth wise, like this could throw off their entire grow because this one room is only getting X amount of, of harvest per year because it takes 10 fucking weeks because it's one of these new exotic strains so it's really tough it's really tough that's to another thing i'm glad you just mentioned that uh most people don't take these strains long enough to get the results out of them anyway most of these are nine and ten week strains and they're pulling I've, with 56 I've, I've days done, yeah i've done the eights i've done the, the it's it's cute it sounds good on paper <laughs> but when you but when you're really in it you can you're not going in there at eight weeks and being like yeah these look done like wedding cake is for surely a nine and a half week strain for sure. You can still see the white hairs on it. Everything at week eight, it still wants to keep going, but uh, I'm glad you brought that up because no, no one takes these strains as long as they need to anymore. Yeah. Well, and especially if you got something in the trellis like that, you want to max out your yield, you know, you want them yeah, to you don't want to cheat yourself up. on the last part. Like, Why would you do that? Yeah. That's huge. Cause you're going to see multiple times where this fat growth comes in. The first yes. two, three weeks of flower when you go into there, we flip to 12, 12, and then right towards those end times too. And it, it's slow because you're looking at it every day, just like seeing your kid grow. But then you look at a picture from last year, like, holy shit, this has grown. Document yeah. it. And you'll see in two, three weeks, you'll be like, whoa, this really is a, is a big difference. Yeah. Look at the thickness and maturity and the, the oozing of the oils on this. This is really just, you know, structure you gotta tightens let it go. up everything. Absolutely, man. Man, well, some, I think some, that was a some great killer combo. fucking gems, man. That was a that was a really good episode. Uh, like, since we've got almost two hundred people watching right now, where can they find you if they were to go looking? Uh, Beast Coast Grower four twenty on YouTube, Beast Coast Grower four twenty on Instagram, Green Table Podcast. That's where you find me. Hell yeah, yeah, man! And I have to admit that epi that you did with Chris on Garden Talk was just baller. It's it's clear that you're full of great solid information man and i and I'm, I'm we're honored that you could come share it with us with the chat today thank okay. you that's it's an honor episode that's episode 34 for anyone who's interested garden talk with mr Grote, episode number 34 yeah that that was one of the one of the most popular ones as far as like positive comments so pe people yeah. loved it it he was a banger it, it was a banger guys he did uh, the we, interview so good i'd be watching it and forgetting bro. that i'm the one in the interview the Larry Cush. <laughs> Larry Cush. Cush. Yep, that's Larry him right Cush. there. We're gonna call him that. Larry, Larry Cush. Larry Cush. On. <laughs> <laughs> he's killing it, bro. I'm telling you, man. Like everyone I watch, I'm like, how this motherfucker? He's like the Nardwar, man. He's just out here killing it. He knows <laughs> great, all this extra great shit. Questions. Great know, questions. Man, great questions. Great garden great talk. guests, guys. A new, uh, if you're a new show unfiltered, oh, if nobody saw unfiltered. the unfiltered. Mr. Grow unfiltered, yeah. Shameless plug, unfiltered. Your boy Mr. was out shameless there. plug. Yes, First step. guys. If you're watching this on Twitch, stick around. We're going to be doing a live smoke session immediately after we give YouTube a, a, a holla holla, and uh, we're going to be smoking, just chilling. Feel like the teacher leaves the classroom. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget we do smoke live with our guests and with the boys after the epi. So if you haven't already, come join us. Twitch.tv/slash/fromthestashpodcast. But thank you for watching where we you can watch and where you can listen. Thank you for hitting that like button on behalf of myself. Mr. Grow It, Rob, our OBC LTV, and our boy uh, Beast Grower, or Beast Coast, Coast 420. Thank you so much for being here, man. Yes, thank you. All right, Peace, appreciate it. Let's smoke. <laughs>